0: Hello, and welcome to the Live, Lead, Succeed podcast, where you'll be inspired to become the best version of yourself, overcome limiting mindsets, and grow into the leader of excellence you were called to be. Here's your leadership and lifestyle coach and guide, Stacy Barlow Hill.
1: Hello, succeeders. This is Stacy Barlow-Hill, leadership and lifestyle coach. Today, we have a very special show. I am interviewing executive director of Hope for Tomorrow and also my very dear friend, Keisha Gomez. So I am excited for you to hear her story and how she has overcome the odds to reach success and to get to where she is today. Stay tuned. Hello everybody. I am here today with my very good friend Keisha Gomez. Hey, hey everybody. Hey Keisha. I'm so happy to have you here today.
0: Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
1: So Keish, maybe we should tell everybody. Actually, let's start with what you do because then we can go backwards. So tell everybody what you do and who who, she, who, she, who <laughs> Keisha <laughs> Gomez is.
0: <laughs> All right. So that's that's actually appropriate. Um, <laughs> but Keisha Gomez. So I am a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a business owner. Um, and I am the co-founder and executive director of Hope for Tomorrow, which is a nonprofit organization that is based in the West End of Pittsburgh that provides services to youth and families in our community
1: keisha gave you a nutshell description but she does amazing work with these kids i have seen it almost from inception um into where she is now and it's amazing i've seen these kids grow um into young entrepreneurs and leaders and just the knowledge that they've obtained in the time that um she's been with her so keisha maybe break it down a little bit further um some of the programs that you do within the organization.
0: Okay, so again, Hope for Tomorrow is a youth and family serving organization. And we have two main programs. The first one is called Keys to the Promise and KEYS is actually an acronym that stands for Knowledge and Empowerment to Yield Success. Um, We love acronyms, so HOPE is actually an acronym and that stands for Helping Ourselves Produce Excellence. So everything we do, it's always dot, dot, dot in there, um, just make it a little more creative and fun. So with our KEYS to the Promise program, Um, It is a multi-year, year-round program that we offer to youth and families who reside in the West End. Um, And I make note of reside because you can, your child can go to any school, but you do have to live in the West End neighborhood. Um, So with Keys to Promise, families enter our program at the third grade level and they partner with us until their child is in their second year post-secondary. So we have seven and eight-year-olds all the way up to 20 and 21-year-olds in our program. Um, And what it entails is a year-round out-of-school program. So we run um, our programming on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays um, at Langley K-8, through which is located in Sheridan. And we offer three main projects. And there's a lot breaking it down, but our three projects include character development one day a week, health and fitness another, and our entrepreneur program slash fiscal um, management education. So, the way our program runs, our kids come in each day, they start off with a healthy dinner provided us. provided to us by the school. They have dinner, then they have academic enrichment, which includes homework help um, and project help, different things like that, making sure that they're academically inclined. After that, they have their different life skill for the day. So Tuesdays, our boys can break off and go to Boy Scouts while our girls have um, Girl Scouts or another um, character development class um Wednesdays we have um different health and fitness programming so we have soccer kids of steel marathon with the running boxing with the West End Boxing Academy um introducing dancing with Culture Dance Academy is going to be coming soon so we have all different types of health and fitness programs and then Thursday again entrepreneur We end the day with social engagement, which means they can play, run around, have fun, go to the gym, get on the computers, um, dance. So TikTok is a huge thing. Um, TikTok is a beast of its own, but the kids get to do that every day. Whatever they wanna do just to have good, clean fun. Um, We take it back in the day, we play hopscotch, double dutch, Um, just all those different types of things that we wish the kids would do, play a good game, a kickball, whatever it is. We do that at the end of the day and then we give them a snack and they head out at eight o'clock. So that's the entire year. We run that from September until the end of May. And then during the summer, we have a full day summer camp. Um, And that's the most fun that I have my entire year. Um, That's a Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. program that we run. Um, And that, works with all of our youth. Again, third grade through second year post-secondary. So um, we take our three main projects and we just kind of put them on steroids, we expand them. So the the youth will have classes um, that incorporate those three projects every day, but then we have more STEM projects, STEAM projects, field trips. So we go to the neighborhood pool once or twice a week, the wave pool every Friday. Um, We go to the, let's see, um, Science Center, Children's Museum, all those different things. We just get out and about our entire summer and just, again, have good, clean fun. And that's that's basically the keys to the Promise Program. And our second program is the Parent Academy. And the Parent Academy is where the parents of the youth enrolled in our program come in once a month and they have classes in the same projects that we have for the kids. So for instance, our, our Meeting dates are once a month on a Thursday. The parents will come in. Same as the youth, they'll have a full hearty dinner. Um, And then we break off into four different rooms where we have four facilitators, professionals come in. Character development, health and fitness, business, and academics. So the parents can come in and have a facilitator like yourself, Stacey, who um, is a guru on what they do. And they'll just facilitate a class with them then we end with some prizes lots of raffles fun music DJs all that stuff and then they're out for the month Um, and the reason why we have the parent Academy is that we know that when you're building a child you have to also build the parent Um, we can't have a child come in and talk about yeah you should start your own business and and you can can do things to, to better yourself when we have parents who are home struggling Parents who are home who want to excel in their job but don't have the tools needed. Parents who themselves may wanna start their own business but don't have the tools for them. We want our parents to have the same thing that you have. Um, Also helping with other resources. So whether it's lights, food, whatever it is to help your family to move ahead in life and to succeed, we wanna be able to help with that. So our Parent Academy is just as important to us as our Keys to the Promise Program better child requires a better family and we want to actually create and sustain that entire village.
1: Awesome. See, I told you they need it more than a snapshot because (laughs) (laughs) you do so much and it really has to be explained in that way. And If you guys couldn't tell, Keisha just gets super passionate about what she does and that's Mm -hmm. why she couldn't stop talking about it because (laughs) it's just so up in her spirit and everything that she does and that comes out in these kids um keisha has she has a big life of her own and she takes her time out to really pour into these kids and she really nurtures them as if they're her own and it shows in all of her programs and everything that she does Mm -hmm. so thank you for giving us a tidbit about um what's going on and at the end of the segment we'll get into how people can support you and um how people can enroll in the program and enroll their children in there but um let's maybe give people a little bit of a background I was going to say about how we met and we met through a mutual friend and honestly I don't really know what happened I think we just kind of met and I think I was so um I was moved by her program and in particularly the entrepreneurship program that was kind of near and dear to my heart and i had and still have a super busy schedule so i couldn't quite commit the way that i wanted to but when i was able to i was always trying to support and mentor and help in any type of way i could and i think that really kind of just started um, our friendship and our friendship is really special to me keisha's a really good friend and we talk almost daily but it always um amazes me because we are like salt and pepper like (laughs) we don't agree on anything (laughs) except maybe god and maybe some music or something but (laughs) other than that we don't like the same foods we don't like the same colors we don't agree on pretty much of anything Mm -hmm. but i think that's what makes us so interesting because we can have debates and still love each other right. and we can see things from each other's point of view and perspectives. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, we have a mutual admiration for each other mm-hmm. and, and what we do and our worlds are kind of different, but yet still similar.
0: Right.
1: Um, so but I,
0: I, I can't I, agree with that Stacey. <laughs> and as you said, salt and pepper, of course, in my mind, I was like, you are the salt and pepper used for good food you like that refined salt and that black pepper that you search all over the the west for and i'm like salt and pepper to rap group like i'm more like pushing i'm more like ah, push it and i was like that's not what she's thinking but that's us. that's who i am so we are definitely salt and pepper and as you're talking i'm like stacy's sitting here with pearls on and she looks so amazing and she's color-coordinated and her office is amazing. And here I am with chucks and cut off jean shorts and you know, we couldn't go eat lunch in the same place right now. But you know, we we definitely, my yin fits with your yang and that's what I can appreciate. And Trick Daddy is still amazing. No matter what you say, oh Trick God. Daddy is still, should be on everyone's playlist. This is an
1: ongoing battle <laughs> I will never. Never, but this is why we're salt and pepper. Every pretty much, this was pretty much a good example of how every conversation goes for us. I will start off serious, and then Keisha turns it into something like completely different, <laughs> and we just both end up laughing and completely forget about what we were talking about. Anyway,
0: absolutely. So, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so you guys are witnessing
0: our friendship firsthand. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs>
1: this happens on a daily basis. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so, okay, so you guys know about us, you know about what Keisha does. So Keisha, maybe give us some background. So how did you get into this? Mm-hmm. Um, did you have training? Did you go to school? Mm-hmm. How, how did you get into um, being able to facilitate over tomorrow?
0: Right, so I think that my life has given me the training, the education, the tools, and everything that was needed to get me. To where I needed to be to start hope for tomorrow, as long as well as a lot of God in the process guiding me to where I need to be. So, um, I guess just a little bit about myself. Um, I am a first-generation American. I was born in the Bronx, New York and raised in Miami, Florida, um, through elementary Midland High School. My mother, Sonia, who is amazing, she's just the most one of the most fascinating people you could meet. Um, she was a teen mom. She had my brother two weeks after she turned 14. She had me almost exactly two weeks after she turned 15. um, And she also had a miscarriage when she was 12. So um, just with that snapshot of her life, she had a lot of trauma growing up. You know, she was born in Jamaica, West Indies and moved here. And um, life was just a lot different. She moved here before it was cool to be Jamaican, right? When back when Jamaicans were monkeys and they said they were swinging from trees and things like that. Like she didn't come now where it's cool to be Jamaican. Everyone wants to be Jamaican, but she didn't come at that time. So she came and um, had a lot of trauma had my brother and I, when she was very young, single mom, and um, moved to New York, had me there, went through some rough times there. At one point she was in jail in the Bahamas, which I still don't know the entire story, but that's just kind of the life that she was leading at that time. Um, And she dropped out of school to raise us. She was a straight A student, um, but just could not commit to school while raising my older brother and I. So um, we grew up with a very young mom who she made a lot of mistakes, but one thing I could say, she always tried. Um, and we, I don't know, we were just growing up. And at one point, she started working with a lady, Miss um, Ethany, who she's still near and dear to our family today. Um, and the lady just took interest in my mom, got to know her, and really involved her husband, who we call Uncle Bev. So Miss Ethany and Uncle Bev came into our lives and basically took us to the church, right? So we started going to church. And before that, church and God. I don't recall them being a big deal in my home or my family, um, but they came in, started taking my brother and I to Sunday school and, and different church services and really helped to build us up. But then one thing that sticks out to me is they then took an interest in my mom. They didn't just say, we're going to take care of the child and leave the rest of the family. They took a, a serious interest in my mom and started motivating her to go back to school. Now, since she didn't graduate high school, she had to earn her GED which she did. Then they pushed her, you know, keep going, earn your AA, which she did. Um, she then went from different um, menial jobs per se to now working as a teacher, an assistant teacher at the daycare. And they pushed her. You have even more in you. Go get something else. She went, earned her bachelor's degree, became a teacher. They kept pushing her. You can do more. Um, and at that time, she, they, they were pulling her more and more into the church. So as she was getting these um, external um, gratification and success. She was also, um, she became a Christian and (laughs) she became a Christian and started focusing on God and focusing on Christ. And he became the center of our home. Um, as did I, right? So I, I feel like I met Jesus and knew him when I was eight years old attending BBS and became the the youth of the week and won a hundred dollars um, at Ebenezer church. And, and I'll never forget that because the, the way that you won it, you had to remember scripture verse to this day. I still remember Psalms 96. So sing unto the Lord, a new song sing unto the Lord all year. But I remember the whole chapter um, and you also had to bring the most people to church that Friday. And for me, I was like, you know, our life has come so far in just this little time, I'ma bring everyone I know. And I did, and again, I come from a Jamaican family and if there's nothing else we do, we multiply. So my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles, everybody came and we packed this little church out, right? Um, And one of the things about that, not only was I seeing my mom transform, that day, that, that Friday night when I won the trophy and the $100, my grandfather got saved. And he always tells people he he came to church that day with no socks on and he gave his life to Christ. And his story is a whole nother story. He was an alcoholic and um, he wasn't the nicest alcoholic. There was just a lot of trauma in his life, etc. But he got saved because these people met my mom, felt she could do better, met my, bro- met my brother and I and felt they deserve more and they need help. They took us under their wing. The church came in and just, took over our entire family, introduced Christ. You know, We all gave our, our lives and hearts to Christ and things have just been different since then. Um, not to get too much further into it, but my mother at this point, 2020, is now a, a mental health therapist. She's also an adjunct professor and she works at the University of Miami. Um, And that is just a testament to how God can come in and change your life. Um, Not to put her on blast, but I remember my mom rolling up and smoking weed and stuff, you know what I mean? So from her doing that, and she gives me permission to say it, right mom? So she went from that to, Being who she is today, maybe not smoking weed, maybe smoking cigarettes. Let me let her keep her job, but you know, she she, God came in and He took this broken person who apparently had been crying out from eleven to twelve years old, um, and now she's a mental health therapist when people tell me why hope for tomorrow, well, why not? You know, I want to be Miss Ethany. I want to be uncle Bev. I want to be my aunts and my uncles who I also got to give them so much praise because they were there throughout. Um, but none of these people could do it, but God could. Right. So I want to be that vessel. And that's I, I'm jumping forward, but hope for tomorrow came from me looking at young people who could be my mom and saying, okay, here I am, right? So um, that, I don't know, let me take a step back. So that's the, that's the essence of where hope for tomorrow comes for the, for, the, for the most part.
1: It was in you, you wanted to see.
0: Right, and with my mom, when she started um, joining the church, she, she started a youth group called City Kids and CITY was an acronym. So all these acronyms come from Sonia. Um, CITY was Christ in today's youth and we were the City Kids. And my mom went from this woman out in the streets, going out, She'd fly, partying, all this stuff, to now this saved, devout, Holy Ghost-filled woman running City Kids. And City Kids was not your boring youth group. City Kids, you came, we were beatboxing, we were dancing, we were just having the best time. And City Kids, um, youth group was every Friday night at seven o'clock, the van would go and pick everyone up and we would just have the most amazing time sometimes it would be 10 11 12 o'clock at night and we would just be ending youth group and nobody wanted to leave and so people didn't want to leave they came to our house and my mom just opened our doors and we'd have easily 15 20 25 kids in our house staying the whole weekend and just having a good time in christ i mean there's nothing better than that hope for tomorrow is not um affiliated with any uh religion we are a just a 501 c3 but you know christ is at the center of my heart and i I pray for the day that we can get to that point um but that's that's where it came from i'm still a city kid just providing hope for tomorrow i guess wow
1: that's interesting that you say that too because i remember when hope
0: pretty much started in your home (laughs) (laughs) true true so yeah we had six kids that um, well, first off, when I first moved to Pittsburgh in 2010, um, I just wanted to volunteer. You know, one thing that was instilled in us growing up, whether it was city kids or just a Jamaican um, culture, you always gave back. You always helped the person to the left and to the right of you. You cannot make it without helping somebody else. So that's always been ingrained in me. And so when I moved here in 2010, I wanted to volunteer. And actually, this is how we met. So I reached out to the Carlington Cougars. And there was a lady named Lynette, who was the, the cheer coordinator for the Carlington Cougars. And um, I didn't really know Pittsburgh then. I didn't really see a lot of Black people. So I remember I saw her name say Lynette. And I was like, oh, I'm Lynette too. And she was like, Lynette Gomez. <laughs> Woo, and what are you going to do with cheerleading? And I was like, it's actually Keisha. And she was like, okay, that, <laughs> that can work, you know, Um jokingly of course but um so i ended up as soon as i got here i started cheerleading um uh being the coach for cheerleading and i did that for a couple years and kids would just start coming home with us like everyone wanted to come and i'm new here and we had three young kids at the time and they would just come home and we would just do culture with them you know my husband's teaching them chess and how to cook uh, he made Lynette's daughter try a pigfoot one time. And to this day, Jayla, I, I think she's like, I would never talk to him again. We don't eat big feet. Um, but he would teach him how to make okra stew and fufu and things like that. And I would teach him dance. I've been dancing since I was four years old. J- uh, jazz, modern, ballet, African, everything. Been dancing my entire life. And I would teach him dance. And um, whether they wanted to or not, would put them into different... Um, events going on throughout the city just to boost their self-esteem, just so you know what it's like to to work towards something, get on stage, do it, feel people appreciate what you do and get off. Like everyone has to experience that. So I pushed the kids to doing that. And then after a while we realized, yeah, we got to do more. Because we had kids coming coming to us with deeper needs, you know, running away from home, needing help with bills, needing food in their home. And we, we're like, we got to do more. And we can't do this on our own. We can't sustain other families, you know. Um, so Hope for Tomorrow was kind of born out of that. Six kids on our couch and now we've served almost 200 youth in the past 10 years.
1: But yeah, I mean, you can really see where this comes from. So hearing your story really helps put into perspective why hope is so important to you and why, you know, even when the funding is not there or the people aren't present to help, you're still there. You're still in the field and you're still there because you have such a deep um, affection Mm -hmm. and dedication to these children because you know the people that have helped you, (laughs) and <laughs> right. your mom and your family get to where you are. Mm-hmm. So I think that is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um so tell us a little bit about your your personal family, your your kids and and you mentioned
0: uh what'd you say? Fufu. Fufu. <laughs> <laughs> <Slightly foo-foo. laughs> where did that come from so i again i'm first generation american i was born in a a very jamaican family like my you know i remember being in miami and and running and catching chickens and wringing their neck and and hanging up goat and watching it anyway so i'm very jamaican um yeah yep we were in miami but we were like in jamaica miami you know you couldn't tell us that we weren't down in the island so grew up with a very jamaican family um with my aunts and my uncles who were um just very uh great figures in my life they've they've truly helped me my aunt terry lorna um charmaine i i I have a lot of aunts and uncles so i won't sit here and name them because it's like 12 of them again we multiply but um so i grew up jamaican and my husband is from gambia west africa born and raised so he came to america when he was about 19 20 years old and um he's he's african true and true so um, he and I met in Bethany College in 2000. We did not stay together. It's a whole nother story. Bring me on for another podcast. But um, we we were not together, but then we ended back up together in 2009 and were married in 2010 and relocated here to Pittsburgh. Um, and so fufu is something that he likes to make. Like if you ever want okra stew and fufu, come to my house. And fufu is like, um, I don't know what American food is like fufu. Uh, if you eat Jamaican dumpling, like boiled dumpling, if you made it soft, is like fufu, or maybe mashed potatoes if it was hard. I don't know. There is nothing in American culture that is like fufu. It's very different, but it's very delicious. Um, peanut butter, stew, fufu, any of that, you know, call me. He, he, he got you. I'm more of the jerk chicken, oxtail, curry goat type of girl, but he can make that too. He's the cook in our home. I don't really cook that much. But um, our our children, so together we have six children ranging from 18 to three years old. Um, We have Keisha, Naomi, Elijah, Malachi, Micah, and Jeremiah are our children. And they're six, three, six, nine, 15, 17, and 18 years old. Um, is our oldest. She just graduated from Pittsburgh Kappa, um, is starting school, starting college right now. So that's just exciting for us. Um, And yeah, that's our family
1: and yeah, I've, I've seen Keisha in action. I've seen her toggling her own little ones <laughs> and trying to teach. And actually, I remember one, was it last summer? you were breastfeeding and like
0: <laughs> teaching? <laughs> yeah, that's been the past <laughs> 10 years of my life because every three years we keep having the kids. So this is the first time we actually celebrated this year that it, we have a child who's three and I'm not expecting and I never will again. So we, we celebrated that this year, but yeah, I've had to nurse, I've nursed all my kids. So I have to nurse and, you know, put a blanket over their head and teach class or like you would come and I'd have them strapped, in, strapped on in front of me in the little papoose and teach. I mean, for me, that's just culture. Um, that's just what you do. You know, I can't take time out just to be at home wishing things would change. I gotta get up and do it. And my kids now, like Malachi, Um, he was strapped on me. Actually, I was pregnant with him and then he was strapped on me during the cheerleading days. So we call him, we called him the mascot because he would come (laughs) to the games and I'm there coaching like, come on, be arms and spirit fingers. And he'd be in the front of me looking at me like, why can't I just sleep like a normal baby? But you know, no, my kids, they are born and bred into this life. And I want to let them know you get out there and you change the world. You, you do it no matter what the circumstance is. God put that in you, you do it. You know, now God said don't do it, don't. Because then you're just going to waste your time and your energy. But if God put this in you, like Malachi is nine years old and he always talks about the homeless. He wants to start a homeless shelter. He wants to, we go out and we feed the homeless and um, we don't take pictures and stuff like that. It's just not our belief system. It's more getting out there. Like if you thought about them right now, Malachi, you go and you pray. And he'll go, he'll pray. And he'll say, mom, God told me to go give... A you know, a a homeless guy, a sandwich, and we'll make a sandwich and go downtown and give it to a homeless guy. And so I pray over him because I'm like, bro, your mission is bigger than mine. Like you, you're talking about a different demographic that they need you. And if that's what God's calling you to do from the time he was four or five years old, and now he's nine, and then not a day goes by that he doesn't talk about the homeless, doesn't pray for them, doesn't think about them, doesn't plan for them. You better pray, and you better be ready for action. So, and don't tell me you can't do it because you've been doing it from the time you were in my stomach. This is what you're doing. Even Kasia right now, you know, she um, has an idea about a black family unit strengthening program that she's kind of worked together with her um, group and created. And I keep telling her, get ready. You know, she just keeps saying, "Mom, I want to change the system." I don't know why. I'm like, you don't know why. this is in your dna like this is what you have to do it's what god called you to do so get ready buckle up get the education the knowledge and the blessing you need so you can go out there and do it
1: yes it's definitely in their blood i have to say that i've seen our children in action they are all wonderfully amazingly unique and have little minds of their own and they've had their mom and dad as examples all these years so they can't help but to be great because mm-hmm. it's just in their blood already
0: yeah.
1: um, but okay so let's talk about where do you envision hope for tomorrow Like, where would you love to see it like in
0: five years Whew, in five years i'd like for us to have a budget <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that we did, we just saw a need. We feel the need. We honestly didn't start off with a strategic plan. We didn't say we need people. Like we always open our doors all the time and we, we welcome everybody in. But that's not what we did at first. It was more these kids are hungry. They need money. Let's start an entrepreneur club. Who will teach it i will how much will you get paid nothing you know i'm just doing it because it needs to get done right so over the years um you know we've been able to get more volunteers in we've been able to partner with organizations where we don't necessarily need the funding but we're at the point where we have so many kids and families on our roster that we need money <laughs> we need funding we need grant writers um we need that help and then people are asking us so the, I would say that maybe four or five years, people have been talking about a school with hope for tomorrow and how can it turn into a school? Now, I'll be honest with you. That's not exactly um, what I see as the vision, but you know, I just, I continue to pray and say, where is this supposed to go? Because for me, it's more supplemental programming. It's more to, to out of school time, right? So after school weekend, summertime, that's what hope for tomorrow is for me. But if, if it's supposed to be a school that'll happen, so in five years i would love for hope for tomorrow to have a building for us to have a home um, where we have our space for character development we have our space for um, health and wellness the gym kitchen things like that and our space for our entrepreneur program where we have true classrooms and smart boards computers things like that just a nice fresh clean state-of-the-art place where youth can come and better themselves mind body and soul
1: awesome and i think that will happen i mean what do you need from people to make that happen like how can people support you aside from the obvious of just giving money but if they don't have money like what do you need that will immediately help you get to that place right so
0: i can tell you that money is not the greatest currency in our organization it's it's human resources so people who can come in and help us to run workshops or to contribute whether it's direct services with the youth direct services with their families or joining our boards. Right now, um, we are in need of committee members for our fund development team, our marketing team, um, board development. We need committee members, we also need board of directors. And our board of directors, I believe the term is three years and our our last board that we have are kind of aging out at this point. So we are in great need of people who care about the youth, who care about families, care about the West End community, Pittsburgh on a whole, we need those people to come in, bring your ideas, bring your vision and dream, and help us out on that level. Or we we accept volunteers who come in just for one day. I just wanna come in and teach one class. I wanna come in and do, like with you Stacy, you, you've come in and, and helped our youth entrepreneurs just to hear their pitches, and then give them the thumbs up or some constructive feedback, we need that. Whether it's one day or three years, we're in need of human resources, people who have a caring heart, who want to see our youth and families thrive and strive to do better. That's what we need.
1: Absolutely. So this kind of, I think, leads me into some of the next questions. So as you all know, you know, Live, Lead, Succeed is all about helping people kind of become the best version of themselves, helping them to um, learn through the self-discovery so that they can become great leaders and pour back into others and to be able to lead successfully. So what do you think are some of the maybe challenges in leading something like this? Because it sounds like you have a lot of roles and a lot of hats that you have to wear doing this because it's not quite yet structured exactly the way that it would make you most effective in your leadership because that's where I think that you're probably most equipped at is leading and serving these children. Um, So what do you think are the qualities um, that it really takes to to keep you motivated and running this when you don't always have the support that you need?
0: Right. Anytime anybody asks me about qualities needed to be an effective leader or to do what I do, the first thing I can think of is humility, right? So we started this just out of a need for our youth and families and for our community. And so I didn't come in with a plan. I just came in with a willing heart and with a mind to offer whatever I have. And I had to be humble. There are projects that I tried to start that failed simply because I didn't have the knowledge, I didn't have the um, resources, the support, whatever it was, it failed. Right. And so I have to be humble enough to not lash out and say, no one cares or no one's supporting my dream. No, it, it just didn't work. And it might not have been the time or it might not have been done, you know, the the, the right way. Um, along with humility comes care, right? So I am dealing with youth and families who dealing with a lot just like my, my own family and so you may have a child who comes in and you're teaching business class and it's like guys you have to learn this it stops 101 it's amazing and they're flat out sleeping right you have to be able to care enough to say they're not sleeping because they don't care they're sleeping because they're not interested or because they had a long night or because they have a job on top of this or whatever it may be um you have to care enough to kind of surpass that right let me sit with you one-on-one and tell you why stocks are important or you know what we might not do stocks at your age we might save it for a different time or have a subgroup or whatever it may be you got to care more about the people you serve versus the work you're trying to do and i and i see a lot of times people um, get caught up on their title get caught up on their business and just forget the real reason why you're doing it they forget their why um, and I got to keep those in, in, in the front and foremost, in the forefront of my mind, you know, what what needs to happen. So humility and care. And for me, I know a lot of people don't agree with me, but God, right? So I wake up and I ask God, what do you have planned for me? What do you have for today? Because Stacey, you know me well enough that if it was me and my flesh <laughs> it may not happen today and it may not happen tomorrow. And it may take me a year for it to happen. Um, but I really, truly try to surrender something I learned from my grandma, who um, she's a strong, devout Christian, a, a, an amazing woman. You know, she's my namesake. Her name is Lynette as well. And that's who I was named after. But, you know, you let God lead you and then you just surrender and do what it is that he calls you to do. Um, I started off going to Bethany College. I did not finish. So although I'm, I'm preaching to the kids about going to school, getting your education, doing everything you can, I didn't finish, not because I didn't want to. I didn't have the finances and the resources to do it. And then life just took over. But I, I, I lean on God and he gives me the knowledge that I would have gained in school to finish everything I have. Sometimes I'm writing grants or I'm doing budgets and I'm like, how in the world do I know this? Like, I never had a class that taught me this. I, I, but I, I I just say, you know what? All right, Holy Spirit, you did that. Like, I don't know how I, I, I didn't do it. I didn't do it, is the bottom line. Um, God showed me how, or, and, or, He brings people in my path who know what they're doing. Um, this summer, we really wanted a stocks class for the kids. They've been talking about making fast money. Um, and I was just thinking, you know what? I'm just going to cram and learn about stocks and teach it, which, by the way, don't do that. It doesn't make sense, right? So I um, started talking to one of our um, friends, Bobby, and was like, Bobby, you know, uh, I know you teach financial literacy in, in Pittsburgh Public Schools do you know anything about stocks and he just started laughing was like i'm like three degrees (laughs) i know stocks like the back of my hand i was like what can you come do it willing heart god put him in my path god spoke to him said do it bobby she don't have money you know he told him ahead of time (laughs) they don't have money but he came in and he did it and he provided so humility care god not in that order but that's what i think every leader every leader needs
1: absolutely and do you find um, leading children different from leading people? Well, not people. There are people <laughs> leading adults. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm definitely a youth person, right? So um, as you can tell, I talk loud. I talk fast. I, I have a lot of emphasis on things, which, um, you know, for someone who worked in corporate America for a while, that's, those aren't always the traits that people really enjoy. <laughs> um, they, they, yeah. So I enjoy working with youth. I like being free. I like just saying what's on my mind and young people, as we know, they will tell you what's on their mind. I love that. Um, I also love seeing someone's potential and helping them to reach it with them not having inhibitions. It's so interesting, like studies and surveys will show you a youth will start a a business without much hesitation where an adult, sometimes they have to hesitate. Sometimes they don't have to, they just do because it's uncomfortable. I, I love the freedom that you have um, and their confidence and assurance that, you know what, I'm going to do it and be great, or I'm going to fail and I'm going to be okay. Um, I, just, I just love working with youth. I, I love adults too. Hey, parents. <laughs> but my heart, I really enjoy working with you. Absolutely.
1: Do you find, and this is kind of off subject, but I'm just curious, do you find that a lot of the children kind of absorb their environments like as you get to know the parents do you sometimes kind of understand now why that child is maybe the way that they are
0: oh yeah yeah good and bad you know um we have some parents like say my mom and again she gives me permission to use her at liberty but you know as a a young mom there's so many skills that she doesn't have there's so many um, values that may be a little bit askew that weren't taught um, the way they should be or that she just didn't retain. So my, I was a product of my environment. I'm going to soak up what she has to offer and then share that wherever I go. Um, so we've encountered that where our youth are what you may consider difficult or things like that. They're product of their environment. And the parent may not mean for it to be that way, but it is what it is. And so you have to come in with patience and with love and help that child. And also on the flip side, we have some kids in our program who I'm like, you are amazing. And then I meet their parent and I'm like, you are amazing. Um, so I know firsthand that, yes, these, these kids are sponges. And so you do have to be careful what you play around them, what you say to them. Um, whatever, whatever you do, they're going to soak it up. And just like any sponge, once they sit somewhere else, it's just going to ooze out. So, yeah, that's definitely, that's 100% true.
1: And I think that's um, important. Something you said earlier about maybe when a child is sleeping, they might just be tired or they might have some responsibilities at Mm -hmm. home that you don't even know about. And I think that's something that's always important to keep in mind when dealing and leading with anybody. When you're leading a team or a staff or working with the youth, you don't know what that person has been through, what they're going through over time, you know, hopefully you're building a connection with them and you, and you get to know um, who they are and what they're dealing with, but you don't always know that. And I think that's one of the things um, that being a leader really comes into play. You have to be able to have compassion. You have to be able to have empathy. You have to be able to recognize that everyone is not, maybe going through the same things that you are. Mm-hmm. Your life may be on the up and up, but <laughs> their life, and a lot of people can smile through their pain, mm-hmm. they can act like nothing's going on, mm-hmm. but a lot of times their behavior is a direct reflection of what it is that they're going through. Um, so I, I definitely agree with you on all of those, the leadership qualities. Um, Keisha, would you say that you're, you're living your passion and your why? Or do you think you still have to, to figure some of that out, or do you do you feel like you're, you're walking in that?
0: I feel like I'm walking in that I feel like, um, when I, before hope for tomorrow, I worked in the fitness industry and then I worked as an early intervention counselor working with HIV, AIDS and, um, populations and at-risk communities. And I felt like I was doing great work in both of those nonprofit and for-profit arenas. And I, I did the best I could, I accelerated things like that, but. Once Hope for Tomorrow was birthed in my spirit and born, I really felt like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, And so for the past 10 years, it's been a decade now. (laughs) Wow. Um, But for the past 10 years, I feel like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. When I have a bad day, this is what I'm supposed to do. When I have a good day, yes, this is what I'm supposed to do. Either way, it's like, this is my why. Now, I can tell you, um, I I am feeling, okay, now there's more to do. I have aspirations for myself. Like I've always, again, I've always been a dancer for decades now. I've been a dancer and love dancing. I could dance all day, whether I gain weight, lose weight, great shape, poor shape, no matter what, I'm gonna get up and dance whether you like it or not. Um, and so I, I, I love also connecting with people through dance, whether it's a, a child, a four-year-old or a 95-year-old, I love connecting through dance. So just recently um, I had the opportunity to, open up a dance studio in a facility and I jumped on the opportunity. And so right now my family is launching Culture Dance Academy, which will be located in Keys Rocks. And we just want to serve our community through dance. Um, And some people look at me like, what in the world, (laughs) you don't have time for that. And I'm like, no, but I got time today. And, and, you know, we're working on a strategic plan and we're getting classes out there soon and we're going to change lives through dance. And, you know, I have some other personal goals. I want to write kids books and different things like that. So I have different whys, but definitely walking in the why purpose of, of my community. Yeah, that's that's a strong why. Also a mom um, and a wife. I I can write a book about both. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um and and. You know, I just I feel like yeah, this is what I'm I'm called to do. Sometimes it doesn't feel so great, and sometimes it feels like Lord, I never want this to end. But either way, I'm walking in it, walking in it. Yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. I think any time that you're you're serving and um, having a purpose that's larger than you, it's going to keep you motivated and keep you invested. You have other people that are depending on you, and other people. And once you watch someone, um reach their potential for the first time. I think there's something that's just kind of like addictive about that. Mm -hmm. Like to know that you had a hand in like seeing someone see something differently or reach a new level that they didn't even know that they could achieve. There's Mm -hmm. just something that's just really gratifying and, um, addictive about that.
0: And and I want to say people remember that too. Uh we just mentioned you yesterday, stacy yeah. Um so we were doing an interview and my again our oldest daughter Keisha was one of the people in the interview and they asked her about being a member of Hope for tomorrow. And of course she, she's a founding member of Hope. <laughs> <laughs> she's been in by it for <laughs> <beef, by> <laughs> whether she wanted to or not. Hello, guinea pig. So she's been in Hope and she started her own business that she's run and you were just an instrumental part of her getting sound advice and, and information and helping her with her mission statement and, and having the confidence to say it. And yesterday in this interview, for like the first time at 18 years old, they asked her about her business and she said what she did so clearly and succinctly. And then afterwards she was like, okay, Miss Stacy." <laughs> I said it took you five years, but I remember, you remember that day when you came and you worked with them and she was all over the place because she yes. is her mother's child. And you were like, come and let's do it. And you just helped her. And so now, like you said, that seed is planted and five years later, boom. And her mind went straight to Miss Stacy. Right. I
1: have to give her more credit. I've heard her since then, and it is with her five years to get there. She was almost immediately she got it. She may have perfected it right. in five years, but it didn't take her that long. So you give my case some credit because <laughs> I know <laughs> she's been working
0: since. Then. Absolutely.
1: Well, uh, Kate, okay, let's wrap this up with what about? And I feel like this is going to be hard for you, only because I know there's so many faucets to you, and you do so much. But can you think of one word that would best describe? who you
0: are one word so i'm gonna use a word that i learned in second grade and i always use it to describe myself you know how in in elementary they say take the first letter of your name and come up with a word um we did that in i think it was third grade was crier's class and i came up with the word kaleidoscopic right so kaleidoscopic keisha that's who I, i i i penned myself i was you know, and I still am kaleidoscopic, Keisha. And the reason why I say that is, you know, when you hold the kaleidoscope up, you can turn it just a slight half an inch and you get a whole different vision and you turn it the other way. And it's something different. And sometimes it's not appealing to your eye, but other times it's beautiful. And I feel like that's my life. Sometimes my life is not where I want it to be. Sometimes I feel alone. I feel like I'm overworked. I feel like I have this vision. Why isn't it happening? Um, I need resources. I need help. I have kids. I don't have my family here. You know, things are just not so good. I just change that kaleidoscope just a little bit. And wow, talk about beauty to ashes. There it is, Mm -hmm. you know, and I also want to be that kaleidoscope for other people. Things aren't going so well. Kaleidoscopic, Keisha, you change that, that, you know, change just a little bit, a little inch to your left and boom. You have beauty and you have vision, so that's my word.
1: I absolutely love that, and I think that is the perfect place for us to wrap up this conversation today. So, Keisha, my friend, I love you, and thank you so much for being here. Do you have any last words you'd like to? I love you away? too,
0: Stacy. <laughs> last words to be? No, I know, I know. For, <laughs> to our listeners, I know. I joke. <laughs> um, I just want to say that. Um, remember that kaleidoscope. Sometimes you just got to change your view a little bit and and life gets better. It's not all roses, but remember that you have been given something to do and you're on this earth for a reason. So get out there and do it.
1: Absolutely. All right. We'll leave
0: um, listeners with how they can find you and Hope for Tomorrow and get involved. All right. So Hope for Tomorrow, um, www.hopefortomorrowinc.org is our website. You can also find us on Facebook. Hope for Tomorrow, Inc. PA, um, as well as Instagram and Twitter. My direct email is kgomez at hopefortomorrowinc.org. And you can reach us also by phone, 412 883 6883. Welcome to the village. Awesome.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to the Live, Lead, Succeed podcast. Please remember to like and share and invite all of your friends to listen in. You can always follow us at liveleadsucceed.com and feel free to join our Facebook group. Also, Live, Lead, Succeed. Have a great one. Thank you for listening
0: to the Live, Lead, Succeed podcast. We hope that you were inspired and encouraged to reach just a little bit higher today. Remember, you've got this and we're rooting for you.